And hello, and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and joining me is my good buddy, my comrade in comic book crime, and it's Matt. How you going, Joel? Oh, good, good, good. Uh, again, man, this uh, showtime really snuck up on me tonight. I swear sometimes I wait all day for this, and sometimes before <laughs> I know it, like, oh crap, it's 10 o'clock on Sunday. Yeah, it, it comes by really quickly. It does. And uh, as you were saying, too, and we said this last week as well, you know, thank you, of course, to all our stream regulars for coming uh, and checking us out live. We notice a lot of you uh, are, are trained real well now. We got you trained real good to come right at 10 on a Sunday. So you know what that was. Yeah. And uh, thank you. I think it was Panda Paladin for the yes. follow just now good 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 name yeah we got all the we got all our regulars here the water lord and michaelis and tevia and some new people here too uh party pug joining us louise uh, some faces i haven't seen in a bit yeah. skip tosh so you know real real happy to have oh uh, elmo x came in here as well right at the very end there you just <laughs> gotta mention before i have to move and talk to something else <laughs> so uh how's your week been matt yeah pretty good pretty good uh we of course had some big news in the comic book which comic book industry which we'll talk about later so uh talking about that with other people has taken up a lot of my week of course of course the chat's also talking about this but we're gonna we're gonna get through all of that we're gonna cut through you know the conjecture and the rumor mongering because there's tons of it and you know we're gonna get to the the creamy middle if you will of what's going on <laughs> But before we do, everyone, we do actually have a sponsor this week, and uh, it's actually quite an interesting sponsor. Uh, Matt, you may remember a few weeks back, I said, you know, hey, uh, anyone out there in the comic multiverse fan base, you know, if you have a Kickstarter project or a YouTube channel or a podcast of your own, you would like to be promoted. Hey, email me and we can talk about it. Slip me, slip me some money and we'll get this ball rolling. And someone actually did this week. Oh, nice. Indeed. So this episode of the Comic Multiverse has actually been brought to you by the channel Movie Flicks Plus. A uh, nice guy wrote me there uh, wanting me to promote it, and that's exactly what I'm doing now. They do movie and entertainment news, a lot of superhero stuff, but a lot of different stuff as well. I will, of course, link them in the description below so you can check them out. Tell them the Cape uh, Joel and Comic Multiverse sent them your way. I'm looking at their channel now. They got some Bruce Lee content on there. They got some horror movie content on here. Really clean and put together channel. You know, game respects game. And this channel actually looks pretty good. And even when they wrote me in their email, they did something really good that everyone trying to make a YouTube channel should do. They had all their contact information listed right mm. at the end. That's, you know, YouTube, Twitter, you know, into everything else, Facebook, all there together. So I didn't have to hunt it down myself. Whenever you're doing professional business emails, everyone be sure to do that. Definitely. So that's Movie Flicks Plus, two words, the word plus. Check them out and thank you, everyone, uh, for sponsoring the show. And again, if you want to do that, again, my email is on the Cape Joel YouTube channel. Check it out. Drop me a line and we'll work something out. It doesn't doesn't always have to be a cash deal. If you've got some uh, video or editing stuff to help make this show better, we can we can work out a trade if you want. And, and don't worry, I'll be breaking off Matt a little piece to a bonus in his next pay because he does so much for us in helping keeping this show moving. He's running the tech end right now. You wouldn't be able to see this live if it was not for him. So <laughs> round of applause for Matt. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. 
There you go. So uh, with that out of the way, now that the bills have thoroughly been paid for another month, <laughs> let's uh, let's hop into the news, which there wasn't much news, but what there was was actually fairly big. And I get the feeling you and I are going to have uh, some long conversations and talking about it. And uh, that piece of news, the piece of news that the chat was already, you know, chomping at the bit to talk about, Dan DiDio has left DC Comics after I think it was over a decade of service. As yep. like an editor there, he's he's gone, which is crazy because I truly did believe that they would have to carry him out on a stretcher, that he would not let go of his position unless they ripped it from his cold, dead hands. But he seemingly left of his own accord. This is where it gets quite com uh, complicated and a little confusing. They said he left. People said their goodbyes. But he didn't really weigh in on it, and mm -hmm. nor did they say, was he fired? Did he leave of his own recognizance? What, What's the deal here? It's all very strange and very mysterious, and the fact that this news dropped on, like, it was like a Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, like, like late Friday night. I thought it was bullshit. I thought it was like one of those clickbait sites trying to kick up drama and get people interested, but... Then, like, Variety and, like, big news and entertainment sites started picking it up, and he never refuted it, and DC never refuted it, and, like, people he worked with started wishing them him goodbyes, and I'm like, this this is fucking real, and it was. Yeah, well, th that's the weird thing. I don't even, like, as of us recording this, it could have changed since this goes up on YouTube later on. Um, DC hasn't said anything about it or at least i haven't seen like no press release or anything about Ooh. it no 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 it's very very strange you would think if they fired him they would have no problem in saying he was fired mm -hmm. but the fact that they're saying nothing is even weirder usually in times like this uh like what is it like when jeff Loeb left his position there or was fired from his position they had like a whole press thing ready mm -hmm. to go but for a guy who's been with them for so long kind of shocking that they yeah. haven't said anything yet and you know obviously there's a million different rumors and conjections out there the one that i keep seeing i don't know if i believe it they say that you know the possible at&t acquisition of warner brothers and by extension dc comics had something to do about it that you know maybe he thought he'd be fired anyway so he left on his own so he could at least say hey you didn't fire me i quit which is so weird because why would it be him and not be anyone else in editorial why would they have singled him out in particular especially after like over a decade with the company it's it's all very very strange yeah and uh as tevi is saying this book this means dc 5g is dead it does not. No, it doesn't. It, it does no, not at all. It, nothing. Nothing at DC is. And this is this is what I said when it when it first announced. People seem to think that what now that he's gone, everything's just going like a light switch is going to flick, mm -hmm. and suddenly everything's going to change. It won't. Big, nothing no, will it change. Won't. Big changes don't happen overnight, especially not in a company as big as DC, mm -hmm. especially not when the balls of 5G are already rolling, that they've already got writers together mm -hmm. for what the next big thing is going to be, especially not when they've got free comic book day issues ready to go to usher into that. No, 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 no. DiDio may be gone, but DiDio's influence, good or bad, will still be felt for many years to come because that's just kind of how it works. And furthermore, now that DiDio is gone and is no longer in power, you know, we're hearing some interesting things 
from writers who worked under him. I know Gail Simone said something rather interesting, and that is, you know, DiDio, for as much as we all love dunking on him and for all the problems that he did have, the fact is he he never actually took credit for stuff that he did right and often took the blame for stuff that wasn't his fault. And I'm like, really? That's very interesting to hear someone say that, especially someone as outspoken as Simone who doesn't work for the company anymore, mm-hmm. who would have no reason to lie. Mm-hmm. Is the damnedest. Yeah, yeah. The deal, like, from, like, things I've seen at him when he's been at, like, on panels at cons and everything, he seems like a really nice guy. And he mm. seems very knowledgeable yeah. on the comics that he's working on. He, he knows knows his stuff. And, yeah, it, from what I've been seeing, what people have been writing, he, he seems like he was kind of a nice guy. I mean, a lot of your new 52 heroes, your Jeff Lemire's, your Scott Snyder's, he hired them. Mm-hmm. So they only have nice things to say about him. Uh, Tom King also had very nice things to say about him because they probably worked very close together on Heroes in Crisis. I'm not <laughs> saying the man was a saint. I'm saying the man leave behinds a complicated legacy, as would anyone after a decade working anywhere. And I mean, it it, it kind of became a meme and a joke in and of itself. Whenever DC fans had a problem, everyone <laughs> would blame Dan yep. DiDio, even, <laughs> even though it's like, well, it wasn't just him. You know, it was Jim Lee and... Bob Harris and all these other people who worked with him. But hey, maybe they like the fact where it's like, oh, yeah, it's all Dan's fault. Blame him. (laughs) And even the whole stuff with Nightwing where it's like, oh, he hates Nightwing. He's been trying to kill Nightwing for every event for years now. Even he made jokes about that by the end when they brought out the uh, DC Rebirth panel. He's like, oh, yeah. And so Nightwing's back in blue. I tried fighting it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hating Wally West, hating a lot of the, uh, what is it, the legacy characters... Uh, that's definitely something he never refuted and something he certainly seemed to not like. He had a problem with, you know, characters feeling old. Uh, perhaps the biggest blunder of his tenure of the last couple of years was not letting Batwoman get married to Maggie Sawyer. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, because that obviously came up when when his um, firing was was brought up. And I, I found his because there, there was like a quote of like why that wasn't to happen. Yes. And it was so like it was such an ass pull of a quote. It's like, Oh, these are costumes. Yeah. We're heroes. They can't have lives. You know, I don't want them to be happy. It's not that I'm homophobic. Yeah. It's not that they're gay. It's just that I don't think any hero should be happy. And admittedly. Yeah. That kind of is like true with like what's happening with Wally right now. and What's happening with Dick. And it's like, no, they can't be too happy for too long. And I mean, that's, that was a controversial way that he, you know, tackled drama that, you know, uh, you can't have dramatic stories with happy characters. And uh, again, you know, br- bringing it back to the Batwoman thing, a lot of people were like, oh, well, was that a homophobic choice? He did. One of the nice things he did and one of the things you can't take away from him is that he was actually one of the major uh, creative forces behind getting that love is love anthology put together mm-hmm. to honor the people who were killed in the Pulse nightclub shooting. So it's like, eh, I mean, you know, I guess that was him saying so delayed all the time later i don't know it's it's weird and like here's the thing too people so quick to dance on the man's grave when he's gone here's the thing about comic books that people don't like to admit it is a very small often quite incestuous industry just because he's gone from dc don't be shocked if one of your favorite smaller companies picks him up in fact that's probably Mm -hmm. what's gonna happen don't be shocked if you hear tomorrow oh he's working for valiant now or he's working for idw or skybound or one of those other companies (laughs) marvel have got him now (laughs) you you joke but it's like why not yeah why not (laughs) 
why not where it's like look let's let's see what he can do again he worked at the competition for a decade maybe he'll give us some good insight into what they're doing <laughs> yeah as the chat says sometimes you fail upward in hollywood yes you almost certainly do yeah. here's the thing i didn't know about the man when i was researching him he only wrote comics at dc for like two years before he got the editor's job oh wow really yeah he wrote a little Superboy. And a couple fill-ins here and there, and then they gave him the big job after, like, two years. That was 2002. He got the job in 2004. Who the hell did he know? <laughs> uh, for, for real, I know, right? It's like, who gets promoted that quickly? But then again, this was also at the time, too, when the comic companies were even more obsessed with Hollywood and trying to get, you know, people from outside media to come in and maybe, you know, give them the special secrets to how to succeed because before that he was from television he worked at mainframe entertainment he worked on that canadian show reboot that i love so much <laughs> yeah well yeah m maybe that was it maybe they realized like oh maybe he's got contacts in hollywood and if we give him this position we'll make him happy maybe he'll share them with us yeah, there was a lot of that going on in the comic book industry at the time. And again, now that he's gone, a lot of people are theorizing who who could potentially, you know, be elevated to his new position. Because, you know, it's probably not going to be long before they want another editor. I've heard some interesting names thrown around. Maybe they give it to Scott Snyder to try and keep him happy and keep him with the company mm -hmm. uh, to give him a editorial job. I don't know if he would want that, considering that he just opened up his own studio for independent projects. Yeah, I don't see him wanting that at all especially since with like what's happening in this encore is meant to be like his this is like last stuff his swan song yeah uh i heard people uh bandy about mark wade as another one who's mm. like been in the industry forever you know is person who you know isn't writing that much anymore but is definitely someone with the know-how and the contacts uh, for that mm -hmm. job i've heard some people say tom king and i'm like hey hey now hey <laughs> hey this is a serious discussion also, Tom King is going off to Hollywood, too. But again, maybe yeah. that's their way to try and keep him to be like, hey, if Hollywood doesn't work out, <laughs> can be here. Some people are wishing for Jeff Johns. I don't know if Jeff Johns would want to come back after seeming so unceremoniously a step down that he was. I don't know if he'd want to swoop in and take the job now. Well, see, like he could. But the problem is that like because there's, there's obviously rumors that like didio is the one sort of like holding him back and everything but also as well as didio you have people like jim lee and bob harris and everything in those higher positions as well and they could easily veto that yeah they could easily veto anything it's going to be very very interesting to see uh who they end up giving the job to and again you know we're just theorizing that you know it could be people from the writing side of it it could easily be you know uh people from you know other people from the editorial side of it from the publishing side of it there's any amount of people who that they could give the gig to but it'll be very interesting uh when yeah. it happens i hope it's bendis yeah, oh, then there's also that, too, where it's like, look, we're already paying you more than anyone else in the comic industry right now. And, like, here, here's the thing. You say that, but apparently word around the campfire is one of the big reasons Bendis left Marvel is because he wanted the editorship. He wanted the publishership. He wanted these things that Marvel was clearly never going to give him. He wanted the more clerical office job because he can't <laughs> write forever. So that's, like, you joke, but, like, yeah, maybe. I want that to happen just because I know... All my video comments will be like a radioactive wasteland for the next six months. 
Yeah, pe- it, it will make people's heads explode. <laughs> it'd be very, it'd be very, very funny if that. I almost want it to happen too for just that reason, because yeah. it's like, well, we're in crazy topsy turvy time. <laughs> so why not? Why not? Yeah, editor, publisher, Bendis. Why not? <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's that story, everyone. You know, there's still a lot of unpacking here. There's a lot of, you know, secrets to be told and a lot of reasons why I'm sure we'll be talking about this again, too, because this is a story that is uh, just, you know, destined to continue to develop. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we'll hear things about this for the coming months and years after, probably. I'm sure we will. If I actually knew anyone who worked at DC who I thought would tell me, I would totally email them right now. I'd be like, hey, what's going on? You can tell me. (laughs) You can tell me what's going on. What's what's up? Uh, I guess moving on from there, we got another big piece of DC news. Uh, we had the little screen test for the Matt Reeves Batman costume in the Pattinson, you know, the Batman movie. But uh, this week we actually got some uh, leaked pictures from the actual set in Glasgow. So we got a much better daylight look at the suit. Yeah, and pe- people obviously don't realize that this is a stunt suit, so it's going to look a bit more oh. bulky, and because the guy's riding a motorbike, so Interesting. And, and it's de- obviously, very obviously, a stuntman under the right, suit. Right, right. Um, so it's going to have extra padding and stuff in case he falls off, which he did because there's a video clip of him he actually sure sliding the bike did. and falling off it, which is hilarious. He, sh- <laughs> he sure friggin' did. I mean, I guess it does give us a better idea as to what the suit looks like, and I mean, it's uh, it's a Batman suit. Yeah, I I like it. I like it. It's, it it screams like like first first pass no. on the suit sort of thing. Because let's face it, as Marvel has shown us, you never stick to one costume. You innovate through every movie so you can sell new action figures and new merchandise. <laughs> you never stick to one suit. In fact, if you can have two suits in one movie, all the better. <laughs> uh, again, you know, because uh, it, 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 it's hard to tell, you know, what's the actual protective gear and what's part of the suit. Because if so, they put like a lot of like uh, little flares and little ridges and stuff on it, which yeah. I guess makes it more realistic. But at the same time, too, I'm like, mm, I would have liked them to sand that off a bit. And maybe they will in future iterations. Who knows? Yeah. And also to note on his arms, he's got like, like, like crossbow bolts or something. Yeah. What's up with I'm wondering, is this like straight up year zero? Is he going to have a bow for a little bit until he realizes, nah leave that for green arrow well that's the thing like even his bike looks like the one from year zero a little bit it kind of it's not so much a dirt bike but yeah with the little fin in the front it actually absolutely does look like year zero and i mean if this is the new origin story for a new batman early in his career i guess that makes sense yeah also i like that there's tall horns on the suit now as well I like that too. I like the uh, ears as well. Uh, no cape, but that makes me wonder: Are they going to add the cape in later in post, like they did in the last movie? Is the cape going to be CG now? Maybe. Although I'd like, I'd like a sequence with Batman with no cape. Hmm. Right. Where he hasn't, he hasn't quite gotten to that yet. Where it's like, what do I need to truly make me a bat father and strike fear <laughs> into the hearts of criminals? I know a cape. <laughs> Like, that's the last thing he adds to the costume, where it's like, yeah, it's a cape, that's what I yes, need. The cape, the cape will be made out of the gun that killed his parents. Exactly. <laughs> no, it'll be made out of, uh, what is it, the blanket that wrapped Joe Chill. <laughs> that's what it'll be made out of. <laughs> I made it out of the blanket, and Superman over in Metropolis is like, motherfucker. <laughs> stop, stop hobbitting my shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Batman, this is the cape that brought me to Earth. You're not an alien, though. You don't know that. I'm Batman. I can be anything. <laughs> yeah, I was found in in the Wayne Manor residence. There you in go. A rocket, when I was... In a crashed Batwing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you see these gauntlets here? They were forged by the god Hephaestus. Fuck off. No, they weren't. <laughs> Just starts making shit up and <laughs> saying that his costume does a bunch of things that he can't. Uh, this special uh, yeah. ring is from outer space. I'm a space cop. Yes, yes. You see this motorcycle? It's powered by speed force energy. No, it isn't. <laughs> Why are you lying, Batman? <laughs> what makes you lie, Batman? But this is... This is Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, Pattinson did say this new Batman was going to be unsanitized, and maybe by that he means he just lies all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Party Pug mentions Batman wearing a trench coat. He actually did in Earth 2, and it looked really yes. cool. He did, and technically I guess he wore it in, uh, what is it, Batman v Superman 2, but we don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> he wore that, and he wore goggles. It's funny, he's got eye protectors here, I wonder... We'll probably never get white-eyed Batman, which is a shame because that's how he always looks in the comics. But I wonder if this kind of like grayish goggle thing is their compromise. Maybe I, I or again because this is like a stunt suit, it could just be mm. like eye protection for for the guy. But yeah, I could see it maybe being somehow enhanced by CGI, like made white or something. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like you figure they've done just about everything they can with Batman's costume. I'd like to see them get, you know, a little creative here and there and do some crazy shit. Yeah. Because mm. I'm trying to think it's like what like in all the years of all the costumes they've done, they've basically done everything you can do. I would say the only thing this thing is missing is a yellow belt. I would really like a yellow belt to mm -hmm. cut up all the black because obviously they're not going to do the yellow symbol or any of the other stuff, but I would at least like a yellow belt because this is just black on black on black. Yeah, something to yeah break up the suit somewhere, like a yellow belt or like, as people were saying, which I was hoping would be the case, like a navy blue or blue like cowl and cape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a shame that uh, they're so afraid of the color blue. It, it could happen. It, we, we, there could be a suit we haven't seen yet. That's true. Maybe that's the final thing. You know, that's the big stinger at the end. He goes out in his more professional suit. Yeah. Because, again, that's the theory that this is probably some kind of Mark One from early in the movie. Mm -hmm. I also like the idea that he's in a graveyard, too, so I can only assume he's visiting his parents' grave and just doing wheelies in his bat cycle. <laughs> in I'm well-adjusted. In, in their honor. <laughs> yeah, I'm well-adjusted. Love you, mom and dad. Bye. <laughs> Time to go beat up poor people in my bat suit. Yeah, or he's, or he's like like doing donuts on, on like Joe Shill's grave or something. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, I want that so bad. I'm well adjusted. I'm unsanitized. Pattinson said so. When he drives off. And Gordon's up there. It's like, should we do something about that? Nah, nah, just let the crazy Wayne kid do whatever he wants. He's rich. Gives a bunch of money to the policeman's ball every year. That's that's the new twist in this movie. Everyone knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Just no one wants to deal with it, though. Yeah. Oh, so it's like that Neil Gaiman story. Whatever happened to the Kate Crusader? Exactly. And Alfred just hires guys to dress up to be his villains and everything. No, look, yeah. just put on the green unitard. <laughs> say you're the Riddler. He needs to feel like he's doing something, guys. He really needs to feel like he's doing something. <laughs> Is this or he's just going to like go back to bed and be depressed? I know it's stupid. Just do it. Rich people get away with way worse. 
Man, they would never do that movie, but that movie would actually be kind of amazing, wouldn't it? Where Batman's it just a sad loser, it and like be. the whole yeah. city is trying to come together and make <laughs> him feel like not a sad loser. Man, and then of course the Joker from the movie Joker shows up, and he's like, but I'm a sad loser too, and I think this shit is real. <laughs> And I'm going to go werewolf on you because I'm also a werewolf now. <laughs> and Batman's like, uh-uh, I'm a werewolf. I have everything. I have special werewolf-proof armor. <laughs> and then they just, like, slap fight each other in, like, a McDonald's parking lot. And that's the big <laughs> finale of the movie. <laughs> you can see why they don't let me write these, right? <laughs> this is like some shit Kevin Smith wrote and they threw away. <laughs> But where's the giant spider, though, is the real question. Uh, that's coming in Act 3 when he fights the polar bear as well. There you go. We gotta get it. And then he's gotta go salmon fishing in Yemen, and then the polar bear comes to eat his salmon, and that's where he has to fight him. <laughs> Remember that bit for the longest time? Everyone was so certain in Batman v Superman there'd be a whole scene where they'd be salmon fishing in Yemen. Was it Batman v Superman? I thought it was like the end of, like... Uh... It was like a sting of because they thought like Christian Bale was coming back or something. And it was like, oh, they're going to bring him back at the end of Man of Steel and he's going to be salmon fishing in Yemen. And, and they're going to like pick him up and bring him into the movie. And <laughs> maybe it was that. Who knows? But again, I, I just love that image so much. And I love all this time later. We still remember it. <laughs> uh, all right. What else do we got here? Uh, yeah, that's the suit. Suit's pretty cool. Uh, because there was so little news this week. And because Matt and I haven't had a chance to read all our comics yet, I thought it might be fun if we did a little bit of TV recapping, because a lot of our favorite shows are both back now and in full swing. Where uh, where would you like to start, Matt? Uh, well, let's start with the new one, The Clone Wars, that started on Friday. Yeah, yeah, you stayed up uh, extra late so you could watch this. I oh. was following you on Twitter. Well, not really, because it, it, it debuted for me at like 6 o'clock at night. Ah, fair enough. There you go. I, I thought about staying up late, then I'm like, nah, I can wait. <laughs> yeah, uh, so we got the first episode of The Bad Batch, and it was great. Yes, it was. And interesting, too, because they technically already made this arc once as part of those unfinished story reel animatics back during, like, mm -hmm. the in-between of when Lucas sold to Disney and they weren't sure if they were ever going to get to finish these episodes or not. So they put a couple new scenes in there. We actually get a very nice scene of Rex reflecting over the fact that he's the last of his surviving war buddies. And, you know, he remembers uh, Echo and Heavy and Fives and everything. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, I, I, I love the scene that where we introduced to Rex in this episode where he's just in that barracks and he's the only one in there. Yep, he's the last one. Commander Cody's also here too, paying a ma uh, playing a major part. Whenever Cody shows up, it's always like, I know what you're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna try and kill Obi Wan. The one thing you're famous for doing, I know you're gonna do it. So whenever you're around, it's a little uneasy. Uh, the Bad Batch themselves are super freaking cool and just a cool concept too of defective clones who have mutations that make them better instead of making them shittier, like ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. So we got um. Uh, the big guy breacher is like a wrecker a wrecker that's his name wrecker who's um who can lift gunships over his head and is basically that's just the hulk strong. in in really, cl really in clone trooper armor <laughs> they're they're all super clones you got hunter the leader who's just john rambo yeah well, down to the bandana around the head <laughs> like it's so, i'm like man 
like Clone Wars never met a war movie trope it didn't love, and this one is just wearing it on its frickin' skin. And then you got, uh, what is it, the sniper guy who looks a little like Clint Eastwood in one of his war movie roles. Yep, yep. He's, he's accurate, but he's also prematurely graying, which I thought that was funny. We don't <laughs> see any clones with gray hair. No, no, we don't. I guess except for in Rebels when obviously we get old man Rex who has the beard and everything, mm-hmm. meaning that they can actually uh, go uh, gray. Yeah. Uh, Trench came back. Uh, Trench was one of the more interesting, but also one of the more forgotten Clone Wars villains that they never actually dealt with. Yeah, I, I liked seeing him. I was like, I wasn't sure whether it was him when we saw him. I'm like, oh no, it is him. He's got like the robotic arms and everything now. It's uh, it's fun too because Trench is voiced by D. Bradley Baker, who voices all of the clones. So literally ninety percent <laughs> of this episode is just D. Bradley Baker talking to himself. Yeah, it's just him in the room, just talking to himself back and forward. <laughs> Man, that's that's so fun. Did uh, did you love the bit too, where they take down a couple of the droids and they're like, "Hey, what's that sound?" Oh, I heard there's another drill today. I'm like, "Oh, they say the things the stormtroopers say." The, the, the minute I the minute I heard this, like, did you hear that sound? I'm like, "Oh, they're gonna do the thing. They're gonna do the thing." I saw the thing and I clapped. They did. They totally did the thing. I'm like, you know what? It's it's deserved and earned in this one. <laughs> Uh, I love, too, the big plot of this one is, oh, we think the droids have developed an algorithm that's guessing our tactics, so we have to stop it. And I'm like, man, tell me about it. I've been fighting the YouTube yeah. algorithm my whole life. Good good luck with that, I, guys. I, I, I thought exactly the same thing. I was like, oh, so they're using the YouTube algorithm. They're, they're, they're demonetizing the clones and age-restricting their movements. And... Exactly, which, man, I was very much on Rex's side in this episode. <laughs> yeah, man, you go kick that algorithm's ass. <laughs> Give them, give them one for me with your cool vibro knives. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a cool episode. You know, it kicks off this great new arc. Uh, obviously, the idea maybe maybe uh, Rex isn't the last clone trooper of his old buddies at all. Maybe one is still out there somewhere. It feels weird protecting the twist in this one because obviously people have seen the story reel so they know what happens. Yeah, yeah, it it is weird. But mate, you never know. They might have changed some things because there was some extra like dialogues and stuff put into these episodes. So it might have changed some more. It's It's funny. I know I'm wrong. But I had like a really great pitch that I know they're not going to do now, but I actually kind of liked the idea of a clone trooper going all Colonel Kurtz from like Apocalypse Now to being like, oh, I've gone native, I've joined the enemy, because wouldn't that be so sad and tragic? a clone forsaking clones and joining the separatists because we as the audience know that it doesn't matter what side you're on separatists or clones palpatine is literally behind it all puppeteering both sides of the war making pretty much all your sacrifices pointless yeah that that that'd actually be pretty cool i the one i thought as well is that like we he's gonna like think they're all uh he's he, echo is still alive and everything and they're gonna get to him and he's just gonna be like it's gonna be like Mess- like pre-recorded messages and mm. stuff and he's been like long dead or something yeah one of those they well they kind of did that in rebels didn't they where they had bit, to yeah. find that jedi to, yeah yeah they had to find the jedi master only to be like oh no wait it was actually a trap it was actually a recording but eh, they could pull that trick twice you never know yeah uh so yeah that was clone wars clone wars is cool i'm glad they get to finish it yeah yeah i'm really looking forward to this season yeah, so am I. Again, you said there's only going to be three arcs, which is a shame. But then again, we don't know how long the arcs are going to be. Do we know how many episodes there's going to be of this final season? I, I want to say we do, but I don't know it off the top of my head. I know so we got maybe at least 10 or 11 episodes, maybe. 
Right. We got this clone arc for sure. We got an Ahsoka arc for sure because we saw the stuff in the trailer of her fighting Darth Maul and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I guess whatever the third arc is going to be. Siege of I Mandalore. Hope it's another Siege of Mandalore. Hunter. Oh, right. Yeah, I guess we we really have to do Siege of Mandalore because it's going to tie into The Mandalorian. Yep. Well, I wonder if, that, I guess I wonder we really... if we'll actually get to see like that scene of him being rescued by Death Watch in animation. Uh, That'd be pretty cool. I mean, it's Filoni who does both, so it's not crazy to think they would do that. Yeah. It's not crazy. Oh, and also, we got to track the movements of uh what is it the the dark blade now and where that one goes mm. speaking of which uh is, is sons of dathomir uh canon now or did that one get decanonized uh that's that comic with darth maul isn't it yes where uh what is it him and his mm. like mandalorian goons fight dooku yeah. and uh the emperor directly and mother talism comes back for a minute only to get killed again i know I think it got decanonized. It's canon. For one it's or still two canon because Disney reprinted it, and it's like the only okay. thing that's come back because it's tied in with Clone Wars and everything. Right. Okay. Because there was a couple things there that were up in the air because they did that Asajj Ventress Quentin Voss novel, mm -hmm. and then they also did like another Ahsoka book, and I know yep. some of those were up in the air because they came out during that weird time frame. But then again. Filoni and the Clone Wars team had a hand in those, so even if they got decanonized, it's not to say that it's still not canon in their head. Yeah. Like they said forever, the story reels were canon in their head. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that Ahsoka book, because the Ahsoka book uh, deals like with parts of the um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Siege of Mandalore and her fighting Maul, and there's already discrepancies <laughs> between the mm. two. Um, her lightsaber colors are different in the book. Uh, like where I think the fight takes place place i think right 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 so yes yeah, it's, it's like again one of those things like we should have like maybe worked a bit hard to like make mm. it more a bit coherent but then again too it's also like hey when do you ever get a second pass at something like this when do you ever get to take a second crack at it that's maybe true. they'll make it better who yeah, knows that's true maybe they had more time to think about it which you know rarely ever happens mm-hmm uh all right what else do we got going on here Ooh, the flash uh had a big revelation uh in the last episode and what is kind of becoming a rather interesting second part of this season we've been introduced to not evan mccullough the second mirror master but eve Mc or eva mccullough the yeah. mirror mistress i guess yeah uh who who has been getting some great time with iris since iris is stuck in the mirror world and I think, I think it was in the last episode where she says she's she's witnessing the birth of a supervillain right in front mm -hmm. of her eyes. Mm -hmm. How how weird is it that this is the best Iris story they've ever told <laughs> where she's not Iris at all, but a better, more competent character? Yeah, it's like I, I was thinking that when I was watching. I'm like, huh, I like this like mirror Iris more. She's she she, uh -huh. she actually does stuff. She's competent. <laughs> Yeah, and like actually proactive. Man, I feel like that's almost the writers ripping on themselves and ripping <laughs> on Iris to be like, okay, well, let's just take Iris, but do the opposite. Where you mean she's good at stuff? Yeah, 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 that. <laughs> Is, isn't that just admitting that she sucked for multiple seasons? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, think, I think they're very well aware that she does suck. That they've tried uh, so many things and that it's never worked and that making her a different person was literally the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Also, how cool is it, too, this season? Our, our big overarching villain is basically Black Hole. A, because Black Hole is such a new concept from the comics. Yeah. You, you know what I found really funny? I was just like, because when I, when I made this image that's on the screen now, I had to get the poster. I'm like, oh, yeah, blood work was in this season. <laughs> yes, in the first half. And I'm glad they've learned that they don't need one villain to hold up one entire season and they can change it. I, I dig... Uh, the Flash fighting what is basically a terrorist group and that it's a little different and you just can't go punch the big boss and have it all over with. I like that, you know, it's got more mystery solving, more skullduggery. It feels it feels like the Flash writers kind of like looked over at the, the Supergirl desk a little bit because at the mm-hmm. moment she's fighting Leviathan and, and they're mm-hmm. kind of very, very similar. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where the writers' rooms of these shows are set up on, but it does certainly feel like every so often someone gets shifted over or someone like comes on in with coffee and donuts. Like, hey guys, what are you doing over here? Oh, look here, I'll just take some of those pages off your hands. You know, <laughs> bye. Yeah, word replace Supergirl with Flash, and <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> Yeah, but Black Hole is cool, though. I like that they've got, like, supervillain assassins, and, you know, we got yeah. people uh, like uh, like Allegra there, Ultraviolet, who's now a recurring uh, bad guy heavy. And they even worked in Sue Dibney slash Sue Dearborn. We, you know, you thought she was off in a C-plot with Elongated Man, but no, she's actually tied into this plot. Yeah, and she's basically Black Widow. She's Black Widow, she's a little cat woman, and normally that would bug me, but I'm like, no, they're saying that she's competent, and I'm sure the joke will be, no, 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 look, she started this way, but eventually she'll calm down and become Murder, She Wrote, with Ralph once they get together. This this is them in their wild and rowdy youth, and I'm like, all right, that's fine, I can dig that. Yeah, and then and then Jean Loring will be introduced again, because she got they- introduced twice in Arrow. <laughs> I know. And they, well, it's funny because they kind of did a thing here. Oh, the arms dealer she was after, his name is John Loring. And I'm like, oh, I see what you did, Flash Riders. That's you saying like, no, 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 it's fine. He's a man. It's John. It's not going to happen. He's not married to Adam. None none of the bad (laughs) things will happen. Also, we introduced Dr. Light twice in the show and both times Dr. Light was the female version. So you don't have to worry. (laughs) That is until they want that to happen. (laughs) Until they want it to happen, which they might tease it. But I think the fact that they did it that way means they know how much fans hate that story. So they might be like, oh, no, someone with a flamethrower is going after Sue. No, no, no. No moss, no moss. I tap out. Stop. <laughs> uh, that's fine, man. To think that Sue Dibney is a character that carries all this baggage all this time later. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I I had to explain that to someone who just saw the show for the first time. And they're like, "Why do people care so much about Sue Dibney?" And I'm like, "Man, how much time you got? <laughs> yeah, take a seat. <laughs> yeah, take a take a motherfucking seat. We got we got things to talk about, <laughs> and, you're, and you're not gonna like it." <laughs> here take these brain worms that have eating me for all these years and you have them now <laughs> uh and i uh, i guess the other big show i really wanted to chat with you was of course legends of tomorrow which man all these shows got new openings or most of them did and i think uh legends got the best new opening credit crawl really i don't like it it reminds me of, of like 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 a kid's like high school like a degrassi sort of like teen really? high school opening yeah it doesn't fit the show at all yeah, I felt the other way. Exactly. I thought it was kind of like a weird, like 60s neo punk thing they were going for with like all the graffiti. Mm. Although I guess 
when you put that through a lens, that also kind of becomes Degrassi saved by the bell shit, doesn't it? Because, you know, one co-opted the other. Yeah. It's funny because Flash also got a, a new opening, which is really good. Supergirl and Batwoman didn't. Interesting. I wonder why. Did Black yeah. Lightning get a new one? Uh, no, not that I've known. They still got that rap one with that really, that After Effects logo that sweeps in. He needs a new one. Black yeah. Lightning's back, but he's been back for a while, though. <laughs> At what point does it just become Black Lightning's here? <laughs> Man, someone sent me a thing. Apparently, uh, what is it? They actually worked in Gravedigger into Black Lightning. Mm -hmm. I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. No, they did. Yeah, they did. That's amazing. And Wayne Brady played him. Holy shit balls. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a pretty damn good show. <laughs> that's that's so cool. I really, I, I need a day. I need to get like really sick in bed and not be able to move so I can catch up on all of these. Yeah, Black oh, yeah. Lightning is on Netflix, which I appreciate. They, they got like stuff like with Markovia. The city is now like walled off because of it. And like all this really cool shit's happening. Bill Duke I, I guess is that, in the episode. <laughs> nice. I, I guess that's what you have to do with a character like Black Lightning, where he only has a couple series and they keep getting canceled. Well, what do you do once we've exhausted this? Well, we'll do the Outsiders Markovia stuff. Well, what do we do after that? Well, he's been on all these other teams. Let's make it kind of this super one-stop shop for forgotten African-American characters in DC Comics like Gravedigger, which is fucking sweet, actually. <laughs> Good, good on that show, man. I'm glad. I'm glad that show found its audience. What, uh, what else have you been watching, Matt? While we're talking about TV, um, well, we we never really got to even talk about Legends, but Legends has been so fucking good this season. Oh, it really has. They are so. They 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 picked a great premise this season to where it's like, what if they fought history's greatest supervillains? That way, we don't have to use villains from the comics. We can just use guys like Rasputin and like uh, what is it? All these other characters. Yeah, or like even make some up like that that slasher at a uh, mix old high school. Uh, 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 what was it fred myers i think yeah. it was it's like oh so he's freddy krueger and michael myers and then they even do the twist from the original uh what is it friday the 13th yeah, yeah where it's the mom that was such a clever episode and man i was actually hating that episode for a minute because i'm like are they really trying to tell us that all a serial killer needs is one good day to not be a serial killer that's some bullshit oh he was innocent actually <laughs> he was innocent okay fair enough i love that episode so much especially with nate and and um uh brandon routh uh being like just teachers like, like oh, doting okay. teachers we're, we're cool we're cool you can talk to us we're cool <laughs> also they're wringing a lot of great uh content out of nora dark being a fairy godmother oh yeah they, it's gonna get even better because damien dark's coming back Ooh, cool see i thought that was like a throwaway joke when they're like haha you know she used to be a villain now she's a fairy godmother oh no wait she actually keeps coming back and that keeps being important <laughs> and also she looks like mary antoinette as well <laughs> I, I love that episode i thought that was a great episode that's very the stuff they're doing with zari is particularly fun because she got to have a whole full character arc in the previous season and now she gets to come back basically be a new version of herself and start a new character arc yeah and this character she's like a twitch thought a, <laughs> yeah yeah a, a vapid twitch thought so far from the hero that she is but it's very it's very fun and very clever and every so often she's she's showing the hero that she could be what what was the line she had last episode that was so goddamn funny to me it was uh, uh spray delay walk away <laughs> <laughs> i like the she, it was like a throwaway joke about how she she played capture the flag to support feline ocd <laughs> that's really fucking good man that's all good 
That's yeah. good shit. Yeah, and Mick, Mick has been Mick's getting in episodes very soon when someone uh, gives him bad Yelp reviews on his book. Um, <laughs> but oh my god, he, him this whole season, I just love like whenever he just like breezes into a scene. He's so it's funny. True. Like a, he's like like, like he's got like feelings for a girl at the moment, and he thinks it was an STD. <laughs> That's the funniest thing, Gideon. I need you to run tests on me. And even the computer's like, nope, nope. That's uh, that's love. That's definitely love. <laughs> yeah, man, dude. Dominic Purcell is so fucking funny yeah. in that show. If you went back in time and said, "Yo, Heatwave is gonna be your favorite part of this legend show," I'd be like, "No, he isn't. You're crazy." <laughs> yeah, well, I think most people would be like, "Who's Heatwave?" exactly who the hell is he with i am shocked that they haven't tried to parlay this version of the character back into the comics in any way i think it's gonna happen i i have a feeling it's gonna happen very soon like maybe after this williamson run is done i'd be like look let me reintroduce heatwave but he's funny now yeah because like everything else that's happened with heatwave where it's like you could do it no one would care it's not like oh you've you've harmed the sanctity of heatwave by making him funny <laughs> as tevia mentioned they're doing a constantine storyline a very good yes. constantine storyline yes it seems like they're actively adapting dangerous habits now which i would say is pure insanity because that's like the most beloved most well-known constantine story hell that's uh that's what that keanu reeves movie was based on more or mm -hmm. less mm -hmm. and to do it in a comedy show but to actually kind of take it seriously and give it reverence because like constantine and charlie are off in like a whole other subplot of this show yeah yeah and yeah at the end of the last episode he had the the little watch that sort of tells him like how long he's got left to live got like fucked with and now he he's dead basically they uh they even uh retconned his origin in a way that i thought i was gonna hate but it actually kind of works for the show saying that he actually knew astra's mom and that she was another member of mucus membrane his old punk band and that that was part of the reason that they knew to call him in to try and save the daughter but obviously because he was young and petuous and he made a mistake and everything and nergal got involved i wonder will we actually see nergal it's funny that uh, Astra's a villain now, which is a crazy but actually very clever uh, place to take her character. I wonder if we're actually going to see Nergal in this show. I think we will. Uh, it's going to be like the big reveal, I think. Right, Nergal was behind it all. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. He He's the final boss, because they do that sometimes in this show, where it's mm -hmm. like, actually, it was me. Yeah, because it's not like they if he kills Astra or they somehow defeat Astra then Constantine will basically have no reason to exist anymore to yeah. do his thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, to say that it was actually me, Nergal, you know, pushing her towards evil would actually be kind of cool and then have it to be like, a, ooh, maybe Astra redeems herself but she has to stay in hell so Constantine again continues to have to work to try and get her out to clear his go. own soul. There you go, that's how you keep him in the show. There you go. The real twist, though, is are they going to bring back his guardian angel, uh, Harold Pinois, from uh, the Constantine show? Because that's that's like they cleared up so much stuff in Legends, but that's the one big uh, hanging plot thread. I'm surprised they haven't done it as like a joke. Like I had a guardian angel, haha, ha, me, John Constantine. Yeah, again, like, even just as a throwaway joke, you're absolutely right. Then you've, uh, what is it, flash over to uh, the guardian angel, and he's standing in the same spot from the end of the last episode. He never came back. Because <laughs> he, he disappeared through time, and the angel yeah. wouldn't be able to follow him. And he's just like, when, when the fuck's he coming back? <laughs> I, I feel like my whole purpose has been canceled or something. <laughs> 
Because you know that actor's up for it. That actor's up for anything. Yeah. But yeah, so that's... Uh, did you have anything else to talk about for TV? Anything you've been watching that I haven't that you want to talk about? Um, Not really. I know like this week, uh, stuff like Altered Carbon Season 2 starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, heard good things about that. Yeah, it's it's got... Uh, uh, what's his name in it? Um, blanking on his name. He plays Falcon. <laughs> Oh, uh, Anthony Mackie. That's it, Anthony Mackie. He's the lead character in this season. Oh, nice. I like him. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, Better Call Saul starts tonight as well. I, I still cannot believe that that show was still going after yeah. all this time. I, I never actually got into that. I watched the first episode of Better Call Saul, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. And then just, I'm like, well, I'm sure this will be done soon, and then it wasn't. Yeah, well, I think this is the last season, so. Right. Uh, oh, Ray Donovan ended up being the last season this season. I, have, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, and I'm almost afraid to, because I'm just like, no, what if I watch it? It's done. Well, that, that as well, like, because the cancellation seems to just come out of nowhere. So, like, does that mean the season just, like, ends on, like, a cliffhanger or, like, sets up plots for a, a season that's never going to happen now? I mean, Ray Donovan was pretty good as a series to end every season like it was mm. their last. I will give them endless credit for that because they never knew if they were coming back. It's a miracle they made it five seasons. Yeah, I'm, I I hope like someone picks it up, like like Netflix or something. Just do one more season. I feel like maybe that's why they the actors and everyone involved was so quiet about it. And like I think Liev Shriver ended up being an executive producer on the series and everything, mm. so maybe he has the power to take it to another channel. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, come on, we got all these freaking apps now that need content. Yeah, give it, send cool. it to the DC app. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? What does this have to do with DC Comics? Nothing at all, but it's a good show. <laughs> That's the world I want to live in, where shows just pop up on apps that they have no business popping up <laughs> on. <laughs> why is this here? Because why not? <laughs> uh, yes. Man, the DC Universe app could use some of that now, because Harley Quinn came to an end this week as well. Apparently the second season's coming out in April. It is. They greenlit 26 episodes, so they already basically got the second batch more or less ready to go, which is great. <sighs> Because that season actually ends on a pretty big cliffhanger. Oh, cool. I, I'm like three episodes off from the ending. I did see that clip, though, of uh, uh, Joker talking with, with Batman or Bruce Wayne complaining how he hasn't gotten in his electric car yet. I thought that was pretty funny. That's pretty great. There's a lot of really solid jokes in that for now. They also do a thing with Harley in her costume that I never actually thought they could possibly do. They actually made me change my mind about a thing that I held pretty dear just by moving a couple small things around and uh, yeah they, they take it in a direction and they do some things where you're like really this this show has so much more depth than you might believe yeah yeah the episodes i've watched have been so great the jokes the the visual gags and and all that sort of stuff is great and it, harley's not like insufferable or anything no. she's a great character yeah, they, they find the great characterization that the comics, I think, have missed in the last little bit. And arguably the movies have missed somewhere, too, along the way. She feels truly three-dimensional. Yeah, these people read Sean Gordon Murphy's take on Harley. <laughs> that, that, they also read a lot of the Palmiotti Connor stuff from the beginning, because there's a ton of that in there as well. Yeah. And other books, too. Like, I'll tell you, like, this final episode makes allusions to like emperor joker and mad love and no man's land oh geez (laughs) i know i'm fucking shocked i'm like how how is this comedy show this like complex (laughs) 
it's truly amazing. Uh, all right, I guess with that out of the way, do we want to hop into what we read this week? Sure. Yeah, again, I didn't read everything I wanted, but I did read some things. I guess we were on the subject of Batman, so do we want to start with Batman 89? Sure, yeah. By which, of course, I mean uh, the 89th issue of Batman, not the Michael Keaton Batman 89 movie. <laughs> A lot of people were quick to make that joke in my comment section. They're like, oh, come on, you know, Batman number 89 doesn't come around very often, and you don't make one joke reference or allusion to it. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so we actually get to see what the designer looks like this issue. Yeah, and he's very over the top. <laughs> very, very much so. I didn't quite get it, though I read an interview that said in designing the character they wanted to make basically a Metal Gear villain in the Batman universe. Oh, and I'm like, yes. oh, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I see it now. This weird militaria regalia, but with like a fur cape and everything and like old English lettering on his mask. I'm like, yeah, I could see him hanging out with Armstrong and Volgan and Sundowner and all these other guys. Yeah, given four hour long monologues and everything. Of course, you know, and I will use war as a business to end. <laughs> Everyone will be free to design their own death traps in their own <laughs> world. True freedom. <laughs> Man, if that's what he actually wants, that's going to be crazy. <laughs> hey, we've, we've, called, we've called Celia stuff. Indeed we have. We've called dumber bullshit. And also my camera is choosing now to fuck up, even though it's been fine all episode long. And people in the comments section even said, oh, did Joel get a new camera? It's better this time. That's why it fucked up. They said there you it. Go. They, you... they mentioned it. You, you jinxed it, everybody. You done, you done goofed. You done goofed it up. But uh, yeah, what did you think of this issue, Matt? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I like that we got, um, again, like for like the fourth or fifth issue in a row, we got more cool bat gadgets. This time, yeah. bat, bat drones that really reminded me of drones that he used in Kingdom Come. Yeah. Uh, except yeah, except yeah. smaller. Um, Definitely. I, I, I like I like that he's got like this just army of drones that he can just send out on whoever he wants now. The, the bat swarmed, which I like. Even Deathstroke was kind of pissed at that. Where he's like, "Come on, man!" Yeah, um, I liked his fights with um, Gunsmith and Doctor Teeth. How he was like, he knew everything about them, knew everything about Gunsmith. How he was like a failed military brat who mm. who couldn't get into the military. So he was, I'm going to go make my own military with blackjack and hookers and <laughs> basically i'm a wear american flag like a captain america ripoff yeah and mr teeth i like mr teeth he's creepy very very creepy oh thank you uh the ultimate dark slayer for following we appreciate thank it you. I, I like too because those are the only two new villains so batman basically has to give us their origin story for them mm -hmm. yeah and this is what they're all about uh it's funny we were mentioning harley before she actually plays a surprisingly large part of this issue she you know says uh to catwoman yeah i came back to gotham after all this time because i actually want to kill the joker <laughs> which i'm shocked it's actually taken them this long to tell that story but it actually makes a lot of sense the way she tells it yeah yeah it does it really does mm -hmm. and saying oh yeah that guy in the grave that's not the real joker but it was a guy from the gang uh joker's actually killing all of his old gang right now building up for what we now know to be joker war and he's mm -hmm. actually super pissed that the designer is stealing his thunder right now and batman isn't paying attention to him yeah 
I love that as a concept. Oh, and now my camera seems to have just died. Or is that you who did that? No, I, I just oh, changed no. it. <laughs> um, I'm back. I'm back, kind of. I'm still Technicolor, but I'm still kind of here. <laughs> I like, too, for once, all roads lead back to the Riddler, and he's actually super important in this story for a change. Yeah, I thought he was just going to be like a like a one-and-done, like, oh, here's how Riddler looks now. We'll catch up with him in a later storyline. But no, he's he's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Man, I hope they don't do some hush shit to where it's like, haha, I, the Riddler, was actually behind this all along. You know, I wouldn't actually mind that, especially given what, like, like it did it fulfill what he said in his Year of the Villain book, where he's going to try something new and he finally got one, got one over on Batman. I'd be like, good for you. Where he's like, look, I couldn't do this on my own. I couldn't do this as just Edward Nigma, the Riddler. I had to, you know, become the ultimate designer. I had to, like, create a villain who could defeat Batman. Yeah. Which which I guess would make it different just enough from Hush, because, like, the whole dressing up part was totally Hush's idea. It was, yeah. Riddler's like, I didn't tell you to do that. I didn't tell you to put bandages <laughs> on your face and everything else. I just told you to fuck with them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's just your weird thing. <laughs> Yeah, you just went. Out. Yeah, your weird thing. Not like me, who wears green bowler hats with question marks on them. <laughs> Fucking sicko. Can't trust anybody in this city. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of ends with Catwoman saying, "Like, all right, I guess I have to actually tell you the story now of how the designer approached us and how we put together this so-called perfect crime." Yeah, and 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 as well, Joker being alerted to that Batman isn't like involved in his game anymore but he doesn't really matter because he knows the identities of all of the bat family now and he's gonna go have some words with them yeah which i guess uh, there's gonna be that uh rick grayson story that they were building up on that apparently joker comes to town and kills all the other night wings so i'm like all right sure fine get rid of them clear the board <laughs> I, I never wanted to read a Rick Grayson story, but I actually kind of want to read that one. Yeah, kind of, just to see what would happen. It, man, it will be so fucking hilarious if it's the Joker who actually gets Rick Grayson to remember who he is. <laughs> yeah, well, they missed their chance with the Alfred death, so yeah. <laughs> I guess, boy, yeah, man, talk about a thing that should have been the inciting incident. I would love it if Joker's just slapping Dick around. It's like, no, your name is Dick. It's it's not fun if you don't know who you are. <laughs> it shoots him in the head again. Hopefully you remember now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I've been fighting you since you were a child in small pants. It's not fun that you don't remember me in our history. This is bullshit. <laughs> Man, I think I'm writing a better story, actually, where the Joker just gets super incensed, and instead of trying to kill Rick Grayson, he's just trying to get him to get his memory back. Because hey, wouldn't that be the ultimate one over on Batman? I did what you couldn't. That that would be. And it actually kind of fit in with like how like Harley described the, the Joker in this when he had that big trap of gassing the movie theater and it was out yeah. out outstaged by a by a Two Face and he got really mad at that. And I could see like some like if he's got mad at something like that, he'll get mad at like Dick Grayson not being Dick Grayson. I do love Petty Joker as yeah. a piece of characterization. <laughs> Which, again, you know, only helps further the thing where it's like, I, th I think Joker's more obsessed with Batman than just being his villain. This He really seems like a jilted ex. Mm, yeah. I'm doing fine. Look, here's Punchline, my new gal pal. Look how fine I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I guess we got to see her for a minute here. She's an okay design. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's even smart to be like, hey, can we make the Harley Quinn lightning strike twice? <laughs> 
Because remember how high everyone was on uh, Joker's daughter when that was a thing? Oh, God. <laughs> Try not to. I know. We're taking it back. Now. Like, that character was, like, roundly rejected in the comics, and they tried several times to make uh, her work. Uh, yet, apparently, her first appearance in her villain's uh, month issue and everything actually sold really well on the speculators market. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, so everyone buy your uh, punchline issues now, everyone, because they, uh, they may appreciate in price. Yeah, they'll, they'll be worth their weight in gold, which probably isn't that much because they're a comic book. Yeah, I saw something really disgusting on Twitter the other day. Apparently, this issue 89, one of the variants had like a big spelling error on it. Oh, fuck. Fuck it, hell. <laughs> yeah, one of the variants had a spelling error on it, and someone I follow on Twitter put that issue up on ebay like the day it came out and he was able to get like 500 dollars for Fuck. it fucking hell i i saw that i'm like man why aren't i buying more variant issues why am i buying all this digital for work i could have put that towards a disney trip <laughs> god damn it I know, right? Apparently we should be getting these fucking misspelled variant covers is what we should be getting. And the person who sold the comic even said, like, I don't actually want to know the person on the other side of this who is willing to drop, like, half a grand <laughs> on a misspelled variant. Yeah. That like, probably will be worth nothing. That's the thing, that those people that buy it are, like, worse than the people that sell it. Like, why? <laughs> why? It's like, it's like, man, I feel like I just sold this man smack or something. <laughs> He's going to grind it up into a spoon and shoot it into his veins. Because <laughs> that's the only way he can get an erection anymore, by shooting up variant covers that are misspelled. <laughs> this just gets me to normal now, man. That's all it does. Yeah, it just keeps me normal. <laughs> just gets me to normal. I, I need it. <laughs> Cyborg Soldier in the chat uh, bringing up that the only other Batman comic that sold that much was the Batman Damn number one with yeah. uh, the Dongus uh, and, not blown out. And I know it does because I had an issue and I sold it for an obscene amount of money. I know you bought yourself some of those high-end Star Wars black figures. <laughs> See, that's a good investment because you can actually turn those around and sell them for something good. Forget, forget, put your money into gold, put your money into Star Wars black figures is where you need them to be. <laughs> when society falls, we're not going to be paying with ball ca uh, bottle caps like in the Fallout series. We're going to be uh, trading high-end uh, action figures, all them <laughs> hot toys. Whoever controls the hot toys will control the wasteland. Yeah, they're the new gasoline. Yeah, the new because go go my raiders out out into the wasteland and bring me back all the hot toys. <laughs> <laughs> but do not grow addicted to the hot toys, for they are fleeting. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one is out of the box, mediocre. <laughs> man, man, this is this is good shit right here. <laughs> Man, we, we should make this is what we should do. Someone kickstart this idea about our stupid wasteland, our stupid apocalypse. Uh, uh, all right, what uh, what else did we read this week, Matt, that we wanted to talk about? Uh, I had Deceased Unkillables issue one. I had this too. I really freaking liked this one. I did as well. It's all about like villains and people... Uh, I, I like the theme of, like, people who have been resurrected or, like, have immortality. Dysfunctional families also. This is the mm -hmm. one that 
focuses on the dysfunctional families, the black sheep, and the fucked up people that might actually not only survive a zombie apocalypse, but thrive in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, this is their world now. Very much so. It follows Deathstroke. Uh, what is there? We get to see him. He's been sent to kill a bunch of neo-Nazi skinheads and they become zombies. So it's like, oh no, they're Nazi zombies. We're doing this trope now, but you didn't think we would, but we did. <laughs> and because he's a super soldier with a healing factor, he gets infected, but only for a little bit. And he actually comes back to himself, which even he's surprised by. Yeah. Um, I got to ask you, were your comment section uh, like a cancer ward for people like getting really mad at that? no actually mine was that's surprising. people were really upset that he could survive it but people like the flash or superman couldn't i mean i can understand that thinking but it's also like well deathstroke's got that stupid thing where he can use 90 percent of his brain and i guess the anti-life equation attacks your brain first or at least that's how mirror master describes it mm -hmm. that he's invented these goggles yeah. that scramble the signals to your brain and because Deathstroke and big brain that why <laughs> the, I, I, I was saying that there's also the fact that like the flash was turned and then was like seconds later killed by Superman and Superman's it's, technically not dead he's just in the sun that's right and as we saw with Deathstroke it took him a while to break the control yeah. but eventually he did yeah and flash does have a healing factor except it takes him hours to to like fix broken bones or something like and i imagine the same is for deathstroke because it was definitely hours or at least days until he got his yeah. mind back you gotta wonder too if it works differently from the people who see the anti-life signal on their screen versus the people who get bitten exactly yeah that you know it's probably a different level of infection there but uh yeah deathstroke's really cool he's like uh, the world is ending so he wants to try and get back together with his daughter rose which i find hilarious because it's like oh was jericho already dead in this universe or are you finally admitting that rose is your favorite kid slade <laughs> rose i gotta save you you're my family what about jericho and your wife ah fuck them yeah i have a wife i have a son <laughs> yeah sometimes you do uh, they're dead already <laughs> They, they've been dead to me for a long time, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> they, uh, they get recruited by Vandal Savage, who's leading basically a new uh, Injustice League right now on, an, on a very real island that geographically is further away from any other landmass than in, uh, anywhere else in the world. Yeah, so it's the perfect place for them and the tree lobsters to live. <laughs> Good old tree lobsters. I'm like, is that real too, tree lobsters? It sounds like it's real. <laughs> well, I hope it's real because because Creeper made songs up about them. Man, I love that someone's finally using Creeper again. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's like the Joker, but funny and a good guy. Sometimes. <laughs> I, I love, too, his whole crew there where it's like, so here's everyone who's managed to survive the zombie plague, either because of biology, magic, or sheer dumb luck. <laughs> And I imagine that dumb luck is Creeper. <laughs> Creeper and also Bane, who's reading a book. I really like Bane's design in this. He's reading a book, and I imagine if they ask him, hey, Bane, how come you didn't affect it? Bane does not watch TV, and Bane does not have a phone. Bane only reads books. <laughs> Bane does not have brain. <laughs> yeah, Bane, Bane only reads books. <laughs> <laughs> 
the other story is actually all about Jason Todd, a character who I find so hard to like in the main universe. But shockingly, whenever any other writer chooses to deal with him outside main continuity, they actually manage to mine a lot of great material. Yeah, when someone actually pays attention to his character and actually decides to give him a character that isn't, I wear a hood and have guns. Mm-hmm. He's the last to find out that the whole Bat family is dead, minus Damien and Alfred. And it's really sad because it's like, oh, he's the black sheep of the family. So, of course, they never called him or text him or anything. Mm-hmm. This is how he has to find out. Yeah, he finds the gruesome corpses of three of his, his family, his father and his brothers in the Batcave. And he's forced to bury them and take care of the dog. And his his eulogy is great because it shows, yes, Jason is an asshole, but he's not an asshole all the time. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, uh, Batman's grave, you know, uh, father, mentor, superhero, bastard. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I think even Bruce would have to agree. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah, yeah, you got my number on that one, Jason. <laughs> I'm all those other things and I'm a bastard. <laughs> And he steals the Batmobile. I was like, he never did let me drive the car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he goes to try and save the other members of the Bat family who here are Cassandra Kane and Gordon. And I love the idea that Batman considered Gordon part of the family, even if that also meant that he's been spying on him this whole time. I, I like what Jason says. Like, Batman, he's he's kind of like, when it comes to, he's not socially adept. Uh, so yeah. when when he tracks you, it really means he loves you. <laughs> he's a, he's an emotional cripple there. He, I, I promise <laughs> this sounds creepy, but it's not. Oh, also, your daughter is dead. And yeah, I know who your daughter is. And that's because Bruce Wayne is Batman and I'm Jason Todd and we're all these other people. Uh, good luck dealing with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he then, he, then, um, he then finds that Joker is dead and because of it, he's angry. So he straps Joker's corpse to the front of the Batmobile because, of course, Jason Todd would do that. It's the apocalypse, as he says. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> and, and you know that Schrodinger's, uh, or what is it, uh, Chekhov's corpse right there. You know the Joker's going to reanimate and be chasing them around by the end of this. Yeah, or it could be like a Michonne thing where he's, all, where he's tied to the front of the, front of the car, but he's alive. <laughs> also, just fun to see Cassandra Kane and stuff in her classic Batgirl suit. Yeah. And she can talk a little, not a lot, but can talk a little. A little, yeah. And again, you know, what she says is the most heartbreaking. Uh, It's fun, too. They go to Bloodhaven thinking it's going to be better. It's not, but they find an (laughs) orphanage overrun, and they're like, oh, this is as good a place to die as any. Let's make this be our final stand. Yeah, and they they team up with the the orphans in there, which kind of makes sense since they're all orphans in a way. Yeah, in their own way. I like that, and we orphans got to stick together. It's also, there's a sad undercurrent, too, where it's like, well, how come these kids didn't change i'm like oh because they're orphans they're so poor none of them actually own any screens ah right i get it yeah (laughs) no screens for you orphans (laughs) you also have to read books like bane (laughs) bane good luck with that in the new in the new world once the virus is over bane will become the educational over (laughs) overlord banning tv and movies and instilling yep. books and he'll teach literacy and he's like all right my pequeños this is what you do you got shakespeare in one hand vonnegut in the other and you read and you lift you, you lift break the, the book <laughs> yes you know how people say break books here we will do that literally <laughs> and you will get big and strong <laughs> oh we, we we need fan art of that bame english teacher he's like wearing like one of those sweater vests that he's like cut off and everything <laughs> to show off his muscles 
He's got a little corn cob pipe and everything. Yes, read the books and get strong. Uh, Grow your body and mind. Venom doesn't run through these veins anymore. Knowledge does. <laughs> Education. Learn. <laughs> learn. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it to death. Tomorrow we will be breaking bigger books. <laughs> uh, thank you, Bird Something, for following. Appreciate it. <laughs> But yeah, Unkillables is super cool, and I like that it's only three issues. Yeah. So it's not going to overstay its welcome. And I think after this, it's basically going to be done, yeah, unless we get a sequel and follow them to wherever they went in space. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's set up for a sequel. I'm sure they probably will do, but probably seeing how well this sells first. You know what they should do? They should set it like uh, like 10, 20 years in the future. So John and Damien are adults now and they make it the big, you know, return to what is it? Deceased return to the zombie earth. That'd be pretty cool to see how stuff has evolved since then or devolved, depending on how you look at it, because some people stayed behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Ivy and Harley, they stayed yeah. behind. We don't don't see what happened to them. We might see what happened to them in this book, though. Yeah, we very might well. So uh, that's some cool shit. I liked this one. Yeah. This was good. Tom Tom Taylor killing it, doing good stuff. Yeah. Or, or, or not killing it in this case because they can't <laughs> die. The opposite of killing it. Uh, what else did we have? Oh, we had Wolverine number one this week, the much-touted uh, Benjamin Percy premiere issue, which is actually two issues for the price of one. Yeah. Actually, no, two issues price it too this one was actually quite expensive i have only flicked through this i haven't fully read it yet uh all right i will try and uh, sum it up without spoiling too much uh so the first story uh actually takes a page out of old man logan because uh wolverine wakes up from an x-force mission doesn't remember anything and all of his teammates have been killed by him yeah yeah one story is going to be like the uh like a detective sort of mystery mm -hmm. and the other story is like a horror isn't it Yes, the first one is very mutant noir. Yeah. We find out that uh, Wolverine and X-Force were investigating this uh, drug car uh, drug cartel called the Flower Cartel that has been stealing uh, petals from Krakoan shipments and using it to create a brand new super street drug called Pollen. Nice. Which gets you high as fuck, but is super addictive and super fleeting. <laughs> And so they got, like, an FBI agent called uh, Jeff Bannister who's uh, investigating it, and he literally just looks like Jeff Bridges. <laughs> he is 100% Jeff Bridges in a Hawaiian shirt, and, you know, Jeff Bridges really wants to take down the drug dealers because, as we discover, his young daughter has leukemia, and she's actually in line to get some of this life-saving mutant medicine, so he's really pissed off at the people who are stealing the petals and turning it into drugs. Okay, cool. The, uh, the DEA and the American government, of course, jumped to the completely wrong conclusion that surely if uh, Xavier and the mutants are selling the legal drugs, they must be behind the flower cartel and selling the illegal drugs, too. I mean, I could see why they would draw those conclusions, seeing as that, like, Same. Xavier kind of said he wanted to do something exactly like that. <laughs> Base and the fact that Sebastian Shaw is selling the legal drugs yeah. through illegal means anyway, they literally do have a drug cartel set up. They're just not doing it this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yo, we'll talk about that in a minute, Party Pug. Thank you for the cheers. We'll, we'll definitely get to that. Uh, we find out that the flower cartel is led by a mutant naturally called the Pale Girl, and uh, she can take control of your mind, and she likes to take control of people's minds and have them mutilate themselves. Yeah, very fun. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Not not a great person, and sh- uh, assuredly that's what she did to Wolverine. She got into Wolverine's head and got him to kill everybody. Yeah, I did see those pages with like, like in the snow with where where mm. he's like kind of like tracking her, and I thought they were they looked brilliant. They they were really nice. That's uh no no I because there's two artists. I Victor Bodanovic did one of he's, these. He's the second the second guy. Okay. I actually have a couple, uh, what is it, uh, degrees of Kevin Bacon with Victor Bogdanovic because I do a show with Sal from Comic Pop. Uh, Sal's indie comic was actually drawn by Bogdanovic before he started working for the major companies. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how that works. Again, what did I say about the comic industry? Small and often incestuous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's the first story. It's pretty fun. Again, I like this whole mutant noir crime story. Percy uh, does that very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. And- and then the second one is the horror story. Uh, this one actually features Omega Red quite uh, uh, quite a lot because he comes through the portal to Krakoa. He's covered in blood, and he's like, hey, Asylum, want it? Give it to me. Give me, give me, give me. <laughs> and Wolverine's like, fuck off. Get back out that portal before I kick your ass. Only for Magneto to show up and be like, hey, now, Wolverine, you can't do that. All mutants are welcome here, even if you don't like them. That's what I was going to say, because I was going to say, like, are they? So they're, they're picking and choosing who they give give uh, immunity to. But yeah, Magneto's just like, no, no. He Even though he murdered someone, we let him in. Well, it's funny. Uh, Wolverine and Magneto really get into it. Wolverine's like, you know, uh, friggin' you can't have Omega Red here. You know, he's a kill crazy maniac. He's literally a living weapon. He's killed so many people. To which Magneto's like, bitch, for real, you're a living weapon. You've killed so many people. <laughs> people, people in adamantium houses shouldn't throw stones. <laughs> And he's like, no, 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 but like Omega Red literally needs to kill people to stay alive. He's basically a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) To which Magneto says, yeah, sure, he showed up covered in blood, but actually, believe it or not, uh, what is it? Most of that blood isn't his. (laughs) Or most of that blood is his, actually. (laughs) And uh, we find out that uh, Omega Red was seemingly attacked by vampires, French vampires. Oh, the worst kind. The worst kind. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Pourquoi? <laughs> but why uh the idea is uh because wolverine teams up with a french uh, vampire hunter and the idea seems to be that while the rest of humanity is worried about mutants and the growth of krakoa dracula and the vampires have literally gone underground into the catacombs of france and have been growing their numbers bigger and bigger okay so is the what happened with dracula even mentioned like how he was like trapped in chernobyl and everything they do actually because Ooh. the big stinger at the end of this is we discover that the vampires really wanted some of Wolverine's blood because Wolverine has the best blood in the world that can cure basically any disease, works for any uh, transfer patient. They even give it a special designation. He's called Blood Type E for Endless. Yeah, and it even tastes like Mountain Dew Code Red. which is the best kind naturally (laughs) and yeah dracula wanted some of that for himself because once he you know pumps himself up with wolverine blood he can walk around in the daytime oh nice (laughs) yeah which means he's lost a huge weakness and we also discover hey omega red was actually working for the vampires all along the vampires now have a sleeper agent inside krakoa oh no Curse yeah. you and if only they had rules that like governed who they uh, let in or not, this wouldn't happen again. <laughs> Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal, Omega Red. <laughs> 
although they imply that Omega Red doesn't actually want to be working for the vampires because Dracula gives him uh, that synthesizer he's always after, so he doesn't always have to kill to survive, but he'll probably do it anyway. Mm -hmm. But as soon as he puts it in, Dracula's like, oh, yeah, we put a bomb in that in case you're wondering. <laughs> this has me wondering if, like, maybe they can, like, like, the mutants will find out about it and be like, mm -hmm. well, we'll take that off you and just like grow you a new body that doesn't need to feed off like blood <laughs> it's it's true it becomes the question where it's like how much does omega red actually know about what's going on in krakoa yeah. and does it even matter for him because again he is a psycho and it's like oh no but i like drinking people to death it's super yeah. awesome yeah that's the thing like, they're gonna have to deal with that <laughs> yeah so there's uh there's a lot of places they could go for that but yeah wolverine off to a really good start with two very interesting stories in and of themselves. Nice. I'm glad to hear it was good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, if you're only reading X-Force, you should pick this one up too because, again, it's the same writer and there's a nice lot of connective tissue between them. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. yeah. What uh, What else did you have, Matt? I had Superman Smashes the Clan issue three. Ah, I keep meaning to go back and read that. I read issue one, missed issue two, but I got to read this too. How How is it? This is a great issue. This is yeah, more of the sort of same stuff with Superman and Roberta and the Daily Planet mm. fighting the, the evil clan of the Fiery Cross. Um, mm. And the story is, is seemingly wrapped up really quickly uh, with them getting sort of thrown in jail. But as we learned, the jail, like the people in the jail kind of in on it as well so they end up getting Naturally. free um but what's really cool is they sort of tie all the loose ends together in the one story which one of the loose ends was clark finding like like his parents were aliens but yeah they yeah, weren't really yeah. they didn't look like aliens they only looked like aliens because he was under the influence of of um uh kryptonite, kryptonite um he actually goes back to get the little phonogram thing that came with him and he finds out that it cracked open when he threw it in the lake in issue two and oh. the crystal has grown out of it and at the bottom of lake solitude has grown his fortress oh that's clever because this is such a golden age take on superman a bunch of the stuff we know hasn't happened yet yeah so he goes there and he learns to accept his alien heritage as well as his human heritage and because of that he learns to stop limiting himself because he was limiting himself uh, to make himself appear like a heightened only... it, it made him um sort of act more human so people would accept him because if they knew right. what else he could do they might brandish him monster and all that sort of stuff because he was playing by golden age rules mm -hmm. he was only faster than a locomotive more powerful than a speeding bullet reverse yeah, but, that you know, but, but without the um the limits on him he can now fly he's got heat vision he's got he's basically just superman the modern day superman that's so fucking clever and to tie that into a bigger story about racism and immigration yeah. and everything to be like well you see superman had to deal with his own uh immigrant heritage refugee mm -hmm. heritage before he could actually become the true superman american icon that's God damn, uh, what's that? That's Jean uh, Luan or Jean Yang, the guy who wrote the, the new Superman, and um, I think he was—he's doing the Terrifics at the moment. Yes, I think he is too. Man, that dude's really fucking smart. I hope he wins an Eisner for this. Yeah, it, it was so good, and it's even better because they—they they go they cut back and forth between the um the clan, and we find out the clan doesn't really care about like the whole race thing as we learn the leader is only in it for the money and he's like mm -hmm. i actually like foreigners if they're here i make money off of them 
And Isn't that it's always all the about way? The money. And the guy under him is obviously like a fanatic, so he like kills him and is like, no, it's white America, you know, MAGA stuff like that <laughs> you know what that actually reminds me of sons of anarchy season two they did something very yeah. similar with that where henry rawlings was like white supremacist yeah. darth vader but like white supremacist emperor was like nah man heroin money is where yeah. it's at yeah yeah it was exactly the like only that color i see is green i was <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of green we learned that the 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 leader of the uh, uh of the uh the clan was actually working for the health department uh, and he oh? was using his influence to build kryptonite weapons to fight against oh. Superman because he had a theory that, oh, maybe this rock hurts Superman because Superman might be an alien. And, and, um, and let me guess, the girl's father was working for the scientist because yeah. he came to town to get the science. Just, see, I even picked that out in issue yeah. one. Where I'm like, oh, let me guess where this is going. Yeah, but he left, but that uh, Mr. Lee left the uh, the office after learning what they were actually doing. Mm-hmm. and um it's great because the, the whole issue of roberta has been sort of like deciding whether she wants to be an investigative reporter like lois and oh, and this nice. is like her first story of breaking this and becoming a cup reporter for the D- daily planet that's really friggin' cool man they should make this into one of those animated movies but i'm afraid they'd fuck it up even though it's like three medium-sized issues i think they could turn this into a really great movie actually yeah yeah i'd have a feeling they wouldn't want to do the art style which it's totally it's an animated art style very they, much but, so but it they, looks like they, a cartoon they already do it in some they do it like their usual young justice stuff which would ruin it everyone would have a big but neck a I, big brock lesnar neck i would actually absolutely love like a follow-up to this series not not an ongoing but maybe like a little like 12 issue maxi Mm-hmm. just just like now we've got a, a like a, a full-fledged superman we've got these new characters who want to be reporters and like what else do they tackle you could do because it's still set in the 40s you can still oh. do all those golden age sort of stuff you could yeah they what you're telling me is that in only three issues they build a living breathing functioning superman yeah. universe yeah basically yeah yeah, what's what's luthor yeah. like in this universe i wonder exactly you could do all that sort of stuff and the best thing is these three issues just build build that like superman origin so you don't have to like do it like like this last issue we find out oh he gets his costume after meeting the mighty samson in in a circus and learning that like yeah. like the guy wears a costume because it makes him feel like it takes notice off of him because the costume mm-hmm. is colorful and everything you learn all this Maybe. sort of all this stuff that didn't need to be in there but when it's in there it's really good I like that a lot. Maybe look at other Superman radio plays and be like, all right, what else can we take from from here? Yeah, yeah. Build build a whole universe off of it. Superman smashes Al Capone and uh, <laughs> what is it? Prohibition. <laughs> uh, Superman would probably be for Prohibition. <laughs> yeah, in this universe, maybe. But maybe he has to learn a lesson. Maybe drunk Batman comes on. He's like, freeze your eyes. People should be able to do what they want. Yeah. Oh, no. Mark Kent has gotten into the booze again. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Well, what other stories can we do? What other social ills can Superman tackle in the 1940s? What else can we do? Man, I watched such a great PBS documentary actually on Prohibition. It's on Netflix uh, not too long ago, and they kind of broke it down to be like, actually, there was a super racist component to Prohibition too, because so many Irish whiskey makers and German beer makers, white Protestants, were super pissed at them and saw them as like alien invaders making all the money off it. So they're like, stop with the booze now. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And I'm like, man, is 
And I'm like, man, does everything in American history come back to racism? And according to PBS, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, it, it kind of does. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that sounds so good. I definitely want to check that one out now that it's done. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Probably my favorite Superman book in the last year. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it has very little competition in that regard. But yeah, <laughs> I think I don't think you were alone in that either, Matt. I know so many people were so hyped and excited for this book because they're like, oh, thank God, something different for Superman. It's about fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 all right. What else did I have this week? Uh, ooh, I had Guardians of the Galaxy number two. Yeah, I did as well. This was a great issue. Man, they did some very unexpected stuff here, didn't they? Oh, they boy, did they ever. Uh, we get to see a little bit more of these, like, supercharged Olympian gods, and some of them are really fucking horrifying, like Hephaestus, who has been making human dolls. Oh, that was creepy as fuck. Boy, that was. Uh, what else did we see? Uh, ooh, uh, what is it? Philobel gets a truly wonderful scene where, you know, Nova's really hurt, and she's like, okay, I can go back to the space station and back everyone up, or I can get him help. Oh, I know. I'll ask a uh, moon dragon in our little mind palace, which is this adorable coffee shop. <laughs> and moon dragon's like, I know what you're going to do. I love you and you're a hero. So naturally you're going to do the right thing and save. No, it's like, thank you. <laughs> that would be that. That's, that's fun. That's good stuff. And uh, what, what happens with star Lord, Matt, some crazy shit happens with him. Well, what doesn't happen with him? He, he gets attacked by Athena and gets an arrow to the knee. Kind mm, of. His, his adventuring then, days are over. There is an, there is an, an arrow to the knee joke in it. And I'm like, wow, this, this is like six years too late. Doesn't, doesn't seem like something Al Ewing would write. Doesn't seem like <laughs> Al Ewing plays a lot of video games, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's in there. Oh, people are talking about that arrow in the knee thing. <laughs> Maybe just the meme like penetrated his mind after all this time. Last yeah. like, people keep talking about arrows and knees. That's fun. I'll put that in there. Um, yeah. So he ends up uh, confronted by Hephaestus, who demands to know how the bomb works because it's not from his universe. So he he never built it. So he he wants to know it's inner working, so he can basically build his own. He um, thinks it's super cool, and Star-Lord yeah. tells him to go to hell. It's like, oh, we call that Hades here. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Star-Lord ain't going to give anyone shit, so he ends up killing the god by taking the arrow out of his knee and shoving it through his throat. Stabbing him through the eye, to which even Zeus is like, did you just kill a god? <laughs> <laughs> I like that when Zeus comes, it's like, dude, what the fuck have you done? Look what you've done. <laughs> uh, also, too, we see uh, with Athena... Uh, she's kind of gone crazy on all this new god power, and she makes a crazy prophecy that I feel is almost certainly referencing Empire that's coming up because Al Ewing is writing that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Talks of talks about two lovers who will be torn apart by a war, and I'm like, oh, she's talking about Wicking and Hulkling, isn't she? Yeah. You could you could see it as that, but you could also apply that to the Guardians, where it's like, oh, Gamora mm. and Peter were torn apart by this war also that that could also be a yeah. thing too maybe, that maybe it's like a dual thing means double yeah that could also be a thing too they also seek to imply that hercules has new powers now too that he's just learning about yeah i'm, I'm excited oh i'm so glad hercules is now part of the guardians that's so cool me too it's nice to know ewing was the one who was batting for hercules in all of those weekly <laughs> series yeah that he gets to hang out here. Uh, some fun stuff with Star-Lord, too. He finds a setting on his elemental gun that he didn't know he had. He's remembering wars that he half fought in. 
And then he once again sees the image of Master of the Sun, you know, the guy who gave him the title of Star-Lord in, like, his most original origin story. Yeah, he, he's he's kind of starting to remember to be the old Guardian, uh, the old Peter, mm. uh, which is really, really confusing. Um, I'm wondering if it has anything to do with this, because the whole thing with Olympus is it goes to, like, another reality and, mm. and like, it's dimensions and stuff, so maybe something to do with that possibly my thinking is is like oh we're not getting a new guardians movie this year so al ewing came in and said hey i want to do abnet and lanning stuff can i do that for like a year and they're like yeah sure go for it that too that could probably be it as well do whatever you want for a little bit change up the team which they have right now it's rocket moon dragon hercules uh Phylavel, and nova who may or may not make it out of this we're not sure <laughs> yeah he was pretty badly fucked up I kind of like that of just completely changing up the Guardians roster because it's been the movie roster for so long. Yeah, and it, well, it all started with that, um, with the Donny Cates run where he had just like like any cosmic being he wanted on mm -hmm. the team. Yep. Because again, too, it's like the Guardians you know and love from the movie aren't even the original Guardians. No. There was a whole other team before them even. That's the thing. Yeah, we could see them coming back. That would be fun. I would like to see Ewing's take on those characters. Yeah. But yeah, so Guardians continues to be really good. And like uh, Ewing's other work, the, the aspect that I truly enjoy about it is that I have no freaking clue what's going to happen in any issue. Yeah, well, yeah, at the end of this issue, they seemingly kill off Peter Quill. Yes, yeah, seemingly, which I'm like, that's pretty fucking huge. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if he is actually dead. He's probably in that like weird, what I, what I said in my review, I'd love for him to be in that, like he somehow got taken into that weird reality that they, mm. they use and he's now like he's been captured by zeus and he gets like turned into one of those like dummy things by hephaestus like yeah, a, like, yeah. A, like mean, a general for them or something i mean is anyone ever dead in comics the answer is no yeah there's actually a really great joke about death in comics from captain america this week but i'll let you do one and then i'll come back to that <laughs> uh what did i have i had oh, i had flash forward issue six Oh yes, the big finale here. What what happens with Wally, Matt? How how can I be mad about it because I haven't well, read it? Well, so that's the thing. This this book was spoiled like weeks ago by that Generation Zero book, uh, which is a shame. I know, just shame. D DC spoiling themselves. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. Um, yeah, but this issue, uh, the Mobius chair appears to Wally. Wally has had like time with his kids on this weird sort of wasteland world that they were trapped on. Um, <laughs> he finds out that to heal the universe he has to sit in the mobius chair um because the mobius chair needs a a user basically and it will be able a to sitter. have a, yeah it needs a sitter um it, it needs an ass it needs an <laughs> ass to power itself only your ass wally west <laughs> um and yeah it'll heal the it'll heal heal the dark matter out of the multiverse and save everything um te wally agrees to do it only if Tempest takes his children back to Earth Zero and oh. gives Linda Park her memories back and all that stuff. He does that. He he takes them back and reunites them with uh, their mother who now re remembers who Wally is, who his her really? kids are and everything. So they're left I, on Earth Zero. I was not expecting that, Neither actually. was I. I was expecting, oh, Wally needs to, like, slowly eat his children to... to <laughs> 
to, exactly. to save the multiverse or something yeah, and then o- only they... if you kill your family wall yeah <laughs> yeah something like that um kill kill them all wally it's the only way you already killed before why don't you kill a little more you killer huh? <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah he sits in the chair and because of that what happens is his mind gets because when you sit in the chair the chair's all the knowledge the chair has downloads into your mind. And because of that, you lose all of your memories. So while he has saved his children, he no longer remembers them. Uh, of course you had to, <laughs> you, you couldn't have it all. You got your cake, but you're not allowed to eat your cake though. And as we learn from the chair, which speaks to Wally, uh, obviously it had Metron, Batman, Owlman, all mm. the uh, Metron was killed by Dr. Manhattan, who then touched the chair and kind of, imprinted his own powers and mind onto the chair like shared his knowledge with it of what will happen that's a a bit of an ass pull you don't you don't have to sit in the chair you just have to brush up against it it, and it gets all your knowledge it's dr manhattan it it, it makes sense it's dr man fucking hatton you see, well, because Dr. Manhattan exists at every moment in history, his ass theoretically exists at every moment <laughs> yeah, in and around. Yeah. His ass is touching in the chair. You, you don't the, know. Really, his, his, his ass covers the whole chair, like yes, on all absolutely. different points, yeah. In history, you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, why not? So because of that, he gets uh, knowledge of like the doomsday clock stuff and like what's going to happen with the universe. Um, but because of all of this, the chair now no longer need, no longer wants to just observe. It wants to take part in the multiverse. Uh, and so it's becoming the watcher now. Kind of, yeah. And and it seeks to imply that it and Wally will be doing something. Because Wally, his costume turns blue and he gets the Manhattan symbol on his head. Right, which means we don't have to use Dr. Manhattan again, but we still kind of get to use him. Yeah, well, apparently we'll find out what will happen with him in Flash issue 750. Interesting. I thought we were going to see that in Generation Zero because he's featured so prominently there. I like, too, it's like, well, you need to sit on the chair to heal the dark uh, matter from the universe. Uh, does this have anything to do with death metal and what's going on there? Maybe. We don't know. Possibly. <laughs> we'll tie it in if, it, if it's successful. There's there's a lot of things happening right now in the universe. We don't know. We'll, we don't even we'll know what's going to happen now because our editor is no longer there. Also that. Well, but but will Wally be the man to do the five G? Is he the maybe? We don't know. Yeah, and again, again, I said on Twitter like DC have just made him arguably the most powerful character in existence in the DC universe, and fans still are not happy. <laughs> because we didn't want him to be a god we wanted him to be the flag why do you come so close to giving us what we want but not giving it <laughs> you know i'm actually fine with this because again it's it, what they've done to wally is almost why well, it is hilarious the weird thing he says like, okay he's back and he's the most important character he's gonna save the world okay not nah, he's actually gonna go crazy and kill a bunch of people by accident and then lie about it okay then he's gonna go through the multiverse and become god and then his family's <laughs> gonna be okay but he can't be with them because memory loss <laughs> It's like we know he's important and we want to sell him to fans, but also we have no interest in giving the fans what they want with him. It's the damnedest thing. Well, that's the thing. Now with Didio gone, like that could easily change. Potentially, yeah. Maybe at the end of all of this, he gives up the power and becomes himself again. And just just give us another flash book. Is that too much? Just two flash books? <laughs> 
Like, that's the future people want. They just want two flashbooks, the ability to read the adventures of yeah. Wally and read the adventures of Harry. Oh, you want Wally Flash? Okay, we'll put Wallace in here. <laughs> ah, there you go, the other Flash kid. You wanted him, right? I mean, he's fine, but no, we want the other one. <laughs> Is he in a book right now? The other kid, Flash, is he still hey. on that Titans book? No, I, I'm not sure in Titans. I know he's in Flash. Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad they didn't throw him away. Yeah. Yeah, as Party Puck says, it's amazing the lengths editorial went to give the finger to Johns. It sure is. You're the hope, Wally. You're the everything. No, you're not. <laughs> the fuck you are. <laughs> uh good good times uh, i guess the last new book i read this week was justice league 41 was this this week or last week i, I honestly can't oh really was it this week god damn it yeah you, you didn't miss much honestly <laughs> yeah no no i did read it i just couldn't remember if it was last week or this week <laughs> that's fine because ultimately not much happened no. the eradicated the daxamites are fucking shit up the heroes are trying to stop them. Madame Xanadu is being weirdly unhelpful to the heroes. I, what I found weird about that that thing is that Batman just didn't tell her what's happening. He was, like, kind of beaten around it. Like, he mentioned, like, oh, it's an invasion, but then went on about, like, King Arthur and tried to relate it to something Xanadu would know. I'm like, just tell her the world's being invaded by super-powered supermen. <laughs> He's, he talked to her like how a like soccer mom tries to talk to someone at like the Asian deli. If I talk louder and slower, will you understand, Madame Xanadu? What if I genuflect, show some respect, get down on one knee? Will that do it? <laughs> and apparently, yes, it did. Apparently, that was all it took. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and which, again, you know, she comes and she helps and she defeats the Daxamites. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's right. They're weak to magic. You know who's not weak to magic, though? The Eradicator, the guy who's running them, because he's a robot. You guys really didn't think this through, did you? <laughs> Maybe you, you should have called in Cyborg. the problem. <laughs> yeah, still not the main problem, who can still beat the shit out of Superman, there and by can beat the shit out of you. You guys should maybe have called Cyborg or the Metal Men or someone to deal with robot problems. <laughs> And then weirder still, Madame Xanadu's like, oh, we're getting out of here, everybody. But Wonder Woman gets taken captive, and I'm like, first, you know, Madame Xanadu was unhelpful, then Wonder Woman gets taken captive. Is Bendetti going through a divorce or something? He sure seems to be taking a lot of stuff out on the women characters. <laughs> I just thought it was weird. Also, do you think it's weird, too? Someone pointed this out to me. I didn't even notice it until they said it. Now I can't not see it. Wonder Woman uses a sword and shield a lot in this two issues, even though she didn't in the previous run. Yeah, I, I have to imagine it's, like, set at the time where, like, she didn't have, like... I know she has them in the issue, like, the gauntlets, but, like, during, like, her run before, like, the most recent issue, she didn't have, like, the lasso or her... And her gauntlets were broken. Mm. So she she kind of resorted to using other, other things. So it's, like, set then, it's, like, it's just, just, just a thing that, like, the writer and artist wanted to do... <laughs> Possibly. You know, bl bless Vendetti's heart. He will get all the credit in the world for this, for actually trying to tie together all these loose continuity threads. Like, okay, everyone knows Superman is Clark Kent, and, you know, Alfred is dead in the Batman book. And, you know, maybe that's going on with Wonder Woman and The Flash. You know, his powers are out of whack right now. He's trying to make it work. <laughs> yeah. I could also see, like, maybe, oh, maybe we'll just use a sword and shield because she's, like, in a battle. Like, what, what what good is, like, a lasso going to do against, like, supermen, like, when she's got to fight, like, ten of them at once? I mean, the lasso doesn't work, as we see. She actually <laughs> yeah. gets quite owned trying to use it. 
Oops. But yeah, it's it's a fine issue. It was always going to be a lot to come off of, you know, what Snyder was doing when it's like, hey, it's a crisis and everything but name. I'm reinventing the universe and snuffing out whole planets. What do you got, Robert Vendetti? Alien invasion? Okay, cool. Let's do yeah, that. It feels it feel, it, it's 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 okay, but it feels just like a filler arc. Like there's, oh, we just got to buy time until this encore thing starts. And you know what? Like everything at DC kind of feels like a filler arc, doesn't it? Because you know they're just working up to 5G and Generation Zero and everything else. And it feels like, all right, everyone, get your shit in before then because it's not going to matter yeah, in a year. They, yeah, all the books are in like a holding pattern where it's like, okay, just mm-hmm. just keep it going. Just just spin the wheels a little bit more. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. Flash doesn't feel like it that, though, because Flash actually no. is like a book that seems to affect everything, but no one fucking reads it's the da- it, again flashes in this sweet spot where it can do whatever it wants because no one is paying attention yeah like like recently we learned who that paradox villain was and it's the villain that like uh joshua williamson in- invented for the flash war that broke out of that that containment field that said crisis oh. on it interesting <laughs> yeah, he's interesting. like he's like a doctor who can like access the multiverse because he's because he he got like he got a little touched a little molested by the, the by the speed force <laughs> <laughs> just a little touch just the tip just the tip of the speed yeah and it, it's really cool actually because like he, he's a villain who sees like flash fucking up the timeline and all that sort of stuff and it's like no that's bad but as well as he hates the other villains as well because uh, they uh, are they are technically like share his legacy and especially like reverse flash and all that right, so he, right, he not right. only just hates flash but he hates the villains and wants to take them all down no that's kind of cool I got to catch up on this book. You make it sound so good. It is. It's really good. Uh, It's funny, too. You know, we're talking about the state of DC right now. I don't think it's any surprise that the three books we really like now, Superman Smashes the Clan, DC Unkillable, Batman White Knight, are all out of continuity. Yeah, yeah. They're all special miniseries. The funniest thing. The funniest (laughs) damn thing. Uh, I had one more book to talk about. What about you? And I'll make it quick. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, So I caught up on uh, Captain America. Mm Mm-hmm. I kind of and fell a lot off of it. A lot happened in this last arc. They finally answered the question, uh, how is Peggy Carter alive and why is she young again? Oh, okay, cool. It's actually deeply tied into the origins of the Daughters of Liberty. Oh, nice. Yeah, so the Daughters of Liberty, as we discover, were founded uh, like in the revolutionary times, again, around the same time as the Sons of Liberty. Mm-hmm. And they were all like the wives of guys like Hamilton and everyone else, as you might have expected. And the idea is, you know, that that old adage behind every great man is a great woman. And the idea is that the Daughters of Liberty came together to basically save mankind from itself and to make sure that Washington and every other warfighter would stop at a point and not just keep going. Yeah, so steal Declaration of Independence, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Got to steal the Declaration of Independence. Got to keep uh, Nicolas Cage out in the yard. Yep, that whole deal. Mm-hmm. They uh, they imply that some of their more famous members were like Harriet Tubman and Madame Curie because they brought together warriors, scientists, and magicians. And the magician thing is very interesting because Agatha Harkness is a member, actually. Oh, nice. And she basically tells Steve this whole history because Steve's like, man, I really want to ask Sharon but like i feel bad for asking and i can't ask without being a douche because i actually went through her phone when she wasn't looking (laughs) so so can you please tell me agatha and she tells her the whole history and we discover that alexa lucan 
you know, the villain who's uh, married to Alexandra Lucan, et cetera, et cetera. She was alive at the founding of the group, too, because she is a necromancer and she's been keeping herself hmm. alive this whole time. In fact, she was Peggy Carter's handler during the war. Oh, Jesus. She was the one who brought her into the Daughters of Liberty, which actually this the comic reminds me of a thing that the movies didn't do. She's British in the movie. She's actually American in the comics. And I totally forgot this. <laughs> I totally forgot this. And uh, Alexa Lucan's like, okay, Peggy, your first mission, get close to Captain America. He's the greatest super weapon in the world right now. We got to make sure he stops once World War II is over, which throws Steve into a total nightmare thing where it's like, well, did she ever love me or was it just a mission? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's really cool. So, yeah, like, does it explain, like, oh, what would have happened if, like, Steve had lived through World War II like, instead of getting frozen? They kind of sidestep that one because you're right. He gets frozen, and I guess we'll never know what happened. But eventually we discover they, you know, uh, him and Peggy talk it out and everything. And she's like, look, the fact is uh, Alexa Lucan probably wanted you to figure this out because this would be the final nail in the coffin after framing you and killing Ross. That would make you go crazy. Bucky and Falcon actually already knew was the thing, and they <laughs> oh, were – and they're like, look, we didn't want to tell you because we thought it would drive you nuts, but you've actually taken it pretty well. And now that you do know that, you now know who the enemy is and what's at stake. Here's your shield back. Let's go kick the Lucan's ass. Oh, nice. i got to catch up on this. I'm like three issues behind. It, it actually, I think it actually reads much better. Uh, what is it, like two issues at a time? Yeah, yeah, I imagine it would. They also dealt with the Scourge storyline, and they implied that U.S. Agent has picked the next Scourge. Ooh, interesting. Or Scourge. I keep saying Scourge, but it's Scourge. It's the U-R and G, like George, that fucks with me every time. <laughs> but yeah, Captain America is good, and I can't wait to talk about it. And uh, yeah, that's that's everything I read this week. And man, we're actually over our normal time. We're almost doing two hours. Yeah, um, I don't have anything else I, I read this week yet. All right, so I guess we can start winding this one down then. So again, thank you everyone for coming and joining us on this Sunday night. Always appreciated. Glad you enjoyed it. I see uh, Stank Finatra joined us here uh, right at the end. I'm glad you were able to make it out for an episode. Thank you as always for doing those fun edits uh, that we do. Uh, thank you, of course, our sponsors. Check them out down in the comment section below. And uh, if you have anything you want to sponsor, podcast, Kickstarter, anything, naturally I'll want to vet you, but if you make it past my vetting process, uh, then yeah, you can uh, you can sponsor a show yourself in the future. So <laughs> that's much appreciated. Uh, as always, be sure to follow Matt and myself on Twitter or Facebook so you always know what we got coming up next. Uh, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this first before anyone else. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month uh anything else matt anything else you want to say any new projects you got um, coming up i actually started a new project this week called retro review um i'll be i know you did that I'll, <laughs> I'll be looking at older comics i'm taking um uh recommendations if you have uh an older comic you know 10 20 30 40 50 years old you know i'll if it's digital i'll be able to do it um I'll go back and review those comics. Uh, the first one I did was Superman Red Sun, since we have the I animated movie coming out. When does that come out? I might actually like, check that one out. Well, by the time the show goes up, it'll be already out. Like, it's out in the next oh. day or so. I, I'm i worried about their adaptations, but the trailers mm. for that one actually looks pretty good. I just hope they keep the ending intact, and I don't think they will. <laughs> Is Demathis writing this one? Because usually the Demathis written ones are pretty good. I want to say yes. I feel like he's written like the last four or five Demathis. 
Yeah, oh, whoa, he didn't write uh, The Death and Return of Superman. That was Peter Tomasi, and that was that was pretty bad. Uh, yeah, I know, right? So it's it's not always it's not always assured if you get the writer you like. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, be sure to check that out on Matt's channel, everybody. And with that, I will start winding down the show. So thank you so much for watching and listening. Be sure to join us next week, either live Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch, or Wednesday, 8 a or uh, yeah, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time over on the Cape Jewel channel. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you, everyone. Bye bye. Yeah, bye bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye.